0: Warning, the podcast you're about to listen to will feature swearing, bold statements, hot takes and some listeners may find the following episode offensive. The host's views, thoughts and opinions expressed in the podcast belong solely to the host's and not necessarily to the host's employer, organisation, committee or other group or individual. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Rap Knuckles podcast episode 11 with me, your host Leith Monroe, and my co-host Sam In this week's episode we will be taking a deep dive look into the aftermath of UFC 259 Let's get it done episode 11 of the Rap Knuckles podcast, here we go, Um, UFC 259 is in the books Um, I'm sure Sammy T's got a lot of pearls of wisdom to throw (laughs) our way on Izzy, so let's get right into it, and let's get right into the main event Sam, I'll ask you first Mm -hmm. what are you saying about the main event? I really enjoyed the fight
1: um, I mean, look, look. It was. I thought it was quite entertaining. It was quite strategic as well. I think Jan surprised a lot of people. Um, obviously Izzy was the favorite when it came to the. Everyone thought he'd be too quick. Jan won the stand up as well as taking him down. Yeah, and I, I mean, it was entertaining. It was. It's sad to see the John Jones Izzy fight fade into the distance now, but I mean put some respect on Jan's name. He he performed just how he needed to and I thought it was a an elite performance by him. I mean I think it's
0: it's too easy to say did Izzy bite off more than he could chew because I don't think that um that gives uh Jan Blackowitch enough credit. Um it was very strategical, you're right. Um I as I said to you um, throughout it, um, when we were watching it, um, I felt that Izzy was a little bit lacklustre and wasn't pressing it uh, the way he should. I think he was a, a really quite tentative. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, look, it's now easy to say it afterwards, but if there is maybe a hole, quite a gaping hole now in Izzy's game, it is if he's in the centre of the octagon... He's there to be taken down. His takedown mm. defence up against the cage is, is actually very good and he's excelled in it against the likes of Derek Brunson, for example. But yeah. you know, Jan was able to manipulate him as and when he wanted to when they were in the centre of the octagon. And as although I have said um countless times, um I did think that um Izzy was going to be the one to to beat John if they ever fought. <laughs> um, you know, I think in, in hindsight is a wonderful thing now, but I can only imagine what an on point, on forum, um up for it, John Jones would be able to do with Izzy on the ground. So I, I will concede that. Um mm. but it's 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 a weird one. I don't know how you feel about this. And I'll come on to Jan in a minute. Um but f- personally um Izzy's in the same sort of territory as Max Holloway was against Poirier in the sense that, yes, his destination is probably to go up to this weight eventually, um, mm. but he needs to fill out a lot more. And by me saying he's bit off more than he can chew, he went up against you know the very best in 205, um, certainly in the UFC um, at this moment in time. Um, and I would prefer him, if he is going to go back into these waters again and again, Hindsight's a wonderful thing because I do. Th- I, I did think that he would have too much for Jan throughout it, and it was going to be a unanimous decision. But he should be building himself up to this weight. Um, yeah, uh, and, and and look with Jan Blackovic, I, I think I've only seen probably Jorge Masvidal have have such a rejuvenation of his career uh, in his mid to late thirties. Jan, like you said, deserves to, to have his, his name respected um, mm. and now we're looking at possibly his next bout will be against Glover Teixeira and I absolutely love that, like maybe from the UFC standpoint these are not markable, marketable stars, but at the end of the day the old guys are ripping it up again in 205 and I absolutely love that um, and I hope Jan goes on to defend that belt Um because he's you look, regardless, he's hardly the most you know Conor McGregor esque on the mic, but he's got his quirks, he's got his one liners. I mean, who doesn't love Polish power? Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, it it for me, I think Izzy needs to go back down to middleweight, really sort of stake his claim there. Possibly, uh, you know, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility for him to um, eventually eclipse Anderson Silva. Um, but on the flip side, you know, let's just let lightweight, light heavyweight look after itself, and with Jan, let's just enjoy the run. That if how limited it is, um, the the guy's awesome. He's a family man as well. He's just had a kid, um, and who knows where it's going to go? Yeah, I mean that was quite
1: the monologue there. Nice one. <laughs> but um, that, I think just quite obviously um, with Adesan, yeah. I mean, I I can't remember if it was Ariel or Daniel Cormier. You said beforehand that uh, generally middleweights don't travel as well to mm. two hundred five. I don't know what what it is. I suppose it's a bigger weight jump, isn't it, than um, some of the other weights? But um, I think look, look, where is he? I mean, you mentioned the John Jones fight. Uh, that would have been like if. Izzy ever gets in there with John? It's going to be like John's just slapping around his little brother, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, but world, Sammy, don't
0: say that because it's but different I styles. i
1: said that, like, and I, it rings even more true now. Um, if Jones got him to the floor, it'd be a massacre. Izzy is an unbelievably high level striker at middleweight. Um, when the guys are, you know, he's bigger than a lot of the guys in terms of height, but also, you know, the the guys don't have too much weight on him, I wouldn't say, and I bet Yol Romero's kicking himself that he didn't actually try and apply a little bit more pressure on Izzy during their fight as well, because Jan, obviously it was going to take a lot for Adesanya to really hurt Jan, he was able to, you know, walk through shots a little bit more, and he he, he could, I wouldn't say match him before, match him in the stand-up, but he it wasn't like he all had. It. He didn't have it all his own way, is he? In the stand-up, yam was had Chris to his punches. He landed the better shots. Um, he he struck him exactly. He, complete, he outstruck him by about forty, fifty punches, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so it, it's it, it's different worlds. And is he just go back down to middleweight and dominate, man? You know what I mean? I think there's not really much for him at light heavyweight, and there's always the danger, as you said, unless he puts a hell of a lot of weight on. But that uh, Jan was able to just get him down at ease in the middle of the octagon. But I, yeah. but I would say from Jan's point of view, I, I I'm happy one in the sense of going into it. It's uh, people weren't rooting for Adesanya because they didn't like Jan. Everyone seems to like Jan. You know the hashtag legendary Polish power and all that. That he's just a yeah. like kid. He's a nice fella, um, and he and he carries himself like a champion, and I like him massively. Um with Adesanya, it's definitely, he ate a bit of humble pie there. And I think he realised that, look, he's, every, and he's had to have it in his own way in the UFC so far. And that brought him back down to earth a little bit. Um, so it, it is one of them. He, listen, Adesanya's an elite level fighter, but cool it with it. He doesn't even belong in the same conversation as John Jones, and he, he won't.
0: You you really you really want me to bite, don't you? you that's what you're angling for. <laughs> I'm
1: just I'm I'm being nice. Like Adesanya's a legend, but what will it? This should prompt you to put more respect on John Jones's name.
0: Uh, I, like John has all my respect. All jokes aside, okay. But in the last two bouts against Reyes and Santos, yeah who, for my money, aren't as quick and aren't as, as as nimble or as slick strikers as Izzy, that's what made it exciting because if John is losing a slight pep there and, and slowing down slightly, Izzy could have exploited that. Now, what has really come out to the fore in all of this that Jan's exploited is the fact that Izzy's um takedown fence in the centre of the octagon is there to be had and you know moving forward if he continues into middleweight, if I'm Robert Whittaker, if I'm um, you know, even maybe I don't think Darren Till because yeah. I don't think that his game sense on um wrestling, but you know, even Costa or you know Kevin Holland for example, mm. they have now Um, a a chink in the armour that they can try and exploit Um, and and for me, you know, again hindsight's a wonderful thing but looking back at the fight um, has he slightly, and I'm, you know it's not about saying, oh he's exposed and everyone's going to beat him now but now we've seen actually finally a moment where he can be caught, he can be in trouble um, and, and that's why I'm saying to you and I will concede this, I wholeheartedly agree that if John ever got it to the ground in the centre of the octagon, Izzy would be in for a world of pain. And I don't know now, at age thirty, um, and he you know, despite only having twenty fights in MMA, I don't know if he is in a position that he can make, have better takedown defence or he can actually vanquish that I, I, I and and actually, you know, <laughs> the grappling thing, he was out grappled, he was out muscled in, in some parts of that Jan fight mm. um, and that's the worry if he does continue to go up to 205 and that's why I would have much preferred them to started to little by little make his way up but he needs to put on mass. Coming in at 200 pounds or 201 pounds however he came in I'm, I'm sorry, Jan had probably about two stone on him or 25 pounds yeah. whatever he he needs to, to fill out a hell of a lot more. Um I don't know if that then will take away his speed. That's my worry about John going up to heavyweight, by the way. He's looking like a thick boy. Yeah, um, thick boy and he's quote. talking about being quicker than than the 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 average heavyweight. I'm concerned about John going up to heavyweight, and I'm not that's not a hater comment. No, no, I genuinely no. am because they hit harder. Um and he's shown against Reyes and Santos that there's a little bit of exploit there as well.
1: Yeah, I think in, in regards to the Santos fight, John could have taken him down at any point that he wanted. And I remember him saying after it, he said, "I, I want he's a striker, isn't he? Let's stand up with him for five rounds, see if he can get rid of me. And John won the fight, you know what I mean? He took a lot of damage for play just to prove a point which I don't necessarily agree with. Um yeah. But he won the fight. Do you know what I mean? He, he can mix it and stand up with someone like Santos. I wouldn't say you can look at that fight and necessarily necessarily see a weakness. But uh, with the Reyes fight, it was an interesting one. I think if John Jones clearly had an off night in that fight, and for a lot of people, it could have gone either way. And he can't really afford to do that if he ends up fighting in Gani or Stipe. Because look, I mean, especially in Gani, he'll you know he'll wake up in a hospital room, you know, two hours later if he tries to fight the same fight he did against Santos or Reyes. So it, that'll be interesting yeah. for John. Um but listen, he's not John Jones for nothing. He'll have a game plan to come back all of that. And I think with Izzy Look okay, he heard to be great. I suppose I think he said in his um interview after it. Fair play to him, he went up, he tried, he, he clearly didn't do it in the right way. Um I think, you know, he, he put he relied too much on his skills, which were proven you know, not to really translate up to um two oh five to be honest with you. He didn't look super quick, he didn't look super accurate either. Um mm. and but I think he should just chill at middleweight at least for the next couple of years. There's fights there for him. If you look at there's Whitaker Costa, I know he's beaten both of them, but if he ends up fighting Whitaker again, that'll always do big numbers, particularly, you know, in Australia, New Zealand, things like that. Um if Darren Till wins a couple of fights, Darren Till and Izzy's a million um, mm. A million by pay per view, if you ask me. Um, mm-hmm. Marketed correctly. So we can earn a shit ton of money there. And there's obviously Kevin Holland and people like that coming up. Um, middleweight's exciting for Adesanya. Um, I know he wanted to try and be a champ champ. And we do love a champ champ. But <laughs> um, I think just cooler breaks on it. And then if he clears out, you know, he's got two years worth of fights there to think of middleweight. Then he can look at, you know, I can have another crack at light heavyweight and do it properly again next time.
0: Yeah, and and look, at the end of the day, if we look at Connor, for example, going up to to you know, and fighting Nate at one seventy, he obviously got beat the first time round. It didn't hamper mm-hmm. his career, and if anything, the way that he took the loss, the way that he handled it, he got more fans that that admired him for doing so. And then with Max going up to um, lightweight to fight Poirier for the interim belt, um. Look at how Max has just gone into another realm of Superstardom after a couple of fights. Um and, and obviously look, you know, it was only last month that you know he absolutely handled um fucking hell, what's the boy's name? I completely forgot. Who? Uh, who Max Holloway absolutely oh, dismantled uh, Calvin Cater. Yes, thank you. Sorry, Calvin Cater. <laughs> uh dear me, fucking hell. Um but you know, look, it it just goes to show that a loss going up away doesn 't define you no. um and is he is he is a superstar uh, this would have made put him onto another realm of superstardom, but like you said, you know it, it is about slowing his role now um, and and really you know I think the new trend should be instead of going up and being champ champ, which I would have absolutely loved him to do don 't get me wrong but why not create legacy? Like, why not stamp your authority on a division and look no way back? I mean, with with what John's done, John has essentially cleared out his division. He went up against, um, you know, Santos and Reyes. And, and by the way, I'm giving respect to John here, so just oh, take oh, this yeah. on board. I'm glad this
1: is being recorded. come on.
0: <laughs> but, you know, John cleared out his division, and then what he ended up doing was he was going up against the up-and-comers. Mm-hmm. Izzy could do that Um, and and there's no sort of there's no negativity on that either Um, there is a lot of people at middleweight that I want to see him fight like you've said Um, I love the Till fight, I think the Till hype would be amazing and you know Last year's uh well, this year's winner rather of the Rap Knuckles podcast <laughs> fighter to watch is obviously Kevin Holland. Uh, and that man is a star in waiting as well. And I actually think that there's a little bit of needle between them both as well. So let's see where that goes. Yeah. Do you um do you think that if Jan goes on a bit of a tear up um that John could be enticed to come back down and try and take that belt, or do you think that ship sailed now? It was only Izzy or nothing. Yeah, I,
1: th- I think uh, as you as you just pointed out there, uh, you, Izzy can build a legacy for himself at middleweight in a similar vein that Anderson Silva did. Look at John Jones's, mm-hmm. um, you know his record at light heavyweight. His legacy he's created, and that's what was it? What is it? Nine years essentially that yeah. he spent there doing that. I think mm. he's done it light heavy, you know. Despite what, you know, despite what Jan probably does. Because realistically, I think John Jones has probably only got two, three fights left in him. Um, I think that's probably why the move to heavyweight come about. And I think, really, yeah, I think. Listen, he's going to beat either Steepa or who' Probably have a defense or two in a big fight, and then he'll probably just sail away. I think that was probably the motive behind the pay argument with Dana last year as well, I don't think that argument's done at all, especially when it comes to the super fights um, but I mean that's a, that's an argument for another time but I think, it, mm. look, Jones spent nine years beating the absolute best of the best and move on to up-and-comers and that's like a legacy that's really been carved in stone, and will never be beaten I want Adesanya to spend, take the time to try and do something like that himself at middleweight because even with Anderson yeah. Silva, what, was it 10 years undefeated or something like that? I know it was, that was before pre-UFC as well. But um, mm. you, you've got to take the time to do it. I think if Israel Adesanya, you know, would have gone up to light heavyweight and never fought at middleweight again. It, he's beaten good fighters, don't get me wrong, but there isn't that proper legacy there. I think there's up and comers he can beat, he's still, well, you know, when he's on, he's shit hot. And some of the performances we've seen from him have been absolutely incredible. So, yeah. I think a lot that. I think I that think, I think John's done with the lighter weights now. You're, you're not going to drop back down after putting on what 40 45 pounds, and um, it's just too much mm. on your body, especially you know when you're in your 30s. And for the others, Jan and Izzy, <laughs> <laughs> that
0: actually wasn't a big <laughs> one. I'm getting slim, <laughs> by the way. I'm, I'm getting there. Going
1: I'm to, getting to, there. Go for see. You look okay. Um, my apologies, but um, no, I think look at it. John's a heavyweight now. Let Jan have a couple of years again, um, defending his belt at light heavy. And let is he just do his thing for the next fucking five years? I don't see many people beating him. Obviously, apart from Darren Till. but um, I think apart from Darren, he's got to beating pretty much everyone at middleweight. So yeah, I think it. it it closed the chapter on that, I think, in terms of Izzy and Jan and Jones. Leave Jones out of the conversation.
0: But it just, it, honestly, it just goes to show you just how special the previous five people who have been able to become champ champ mm. are. I mean, like, I know Sahudo gets stick because of his, his sort of, you know, alter ego and stuff, but... You know, even him, what he's been able to do is impressive. Yeah. Um DC, you know, doing it, it was was phenomenal. Corner, obviously, he you won. Know I mean? Oh fucking hell! I might have, kept, uh, I, I might have known why they <laughs> no, would say that. that. that yeah.
1: I, I, I think that's the only questionable one. But I, I do get what he's saying to knock out...
0: Why is that a questionable one? He knocked out Steepy. Yeah,
1: but I mean, he lost the other two fights, didn't he? And I think. Um... You know, obviously, he, he shouldn't have had the light heavyweight belt in the first place, should he? But um, oh, fuck's sake. yeah, I mean, if you want to call yourself a champ, champ, fair play. I mean, I love DC. So oh, actually, 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 fuck this. Uh-huh. The worst thing that I've been dying to talk about this. Can't believe it slipped me mind. You know, what I said on the right. last podcast, Joe Rogan. Right? I was like, oh, what's the fuck, Joe Rogan? Like, it, it, it not fuck Joe Rogan in that sense. Don't kill me, Joe. But. Uh, like, I don't think you should be doing UFC commentary anymore. I think uh, I prefer listening to Dominic Cruz, DC, people like that. Did you hear the commentary during that fight? Like, honest to God, Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier apparently faints uh, win points, apparently it's like, oh, you know, Jan's <laughs> fallen for all these faints just as Jan snaps at us yeah. his head back with a jab. It was like, it was the most biased commentary I've ever heard. Joe Rogan didn't have a fuck, I don't know what Fight he was watching, he's the bit he shouldn't be allowed to commentate on the fights anymore because he's the bit he picks a favorite fighter and just doesn't shut up about them. And then, probably, when Yan's having a bit of you know, when he was on top, they were probably talking about fucking Modelo or UFC4 or something like that. It's absolutely, I could not believe me, he is. And I know I'm not alone in thinking that because Yan got done so dirty on that commentary. And DC, I'm looking at you as well. It was ridiculous to get out of Adesanya's arse He he lost It was an (laughs) argument that fight could have been 4-1 To Jan And uh, you would have thought at the end of that Adesanya would have cruised to a decision On one or five rounds It was absolutely ridiculous
0: yeah, I mean, look, I think um, if it turned out that Joe Rogan went on a bit of a DMT trip beforehand, um, it could probably be believable. Um, look, I, I will say that the, it felt like there the was a natural biases towards Adesanya compared with, with those two, for sure. Um, I, I, I would actually say the the scoring, uh, and Dana brought this up as well, um Jan was given um, two, 10, eight rounds. Yeah, I don't agree with that. For my money, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. That that is ridiculous. And as Dana Dana said it best, um a, a 10-8 back in the day, you would have to literally almost be mm. killed um, to get be awarded a 10-8. Um, I think that the judging scorecards um, now are completely skewed with, um to say the least. Yeah. Um and, and I don't I don't know what the answer is, to be honest with you, and how that's going to get better. Um, because it just seems like every single weekend now, both on boxing and MMA, we, we're getting these types of scorecards. It, it, it's, it, it it's, it's really like, bad.
1: Dana's right there. And for me, a 10-8 round is, you know, like Chumaev in his fights. That's, a, you know, in his first two UFC fights, they're 10-8 rounds. You know, where it was literally just you, I'm going to pick you up, you're not going to be able to do anything, you're not going to be able to land a punch on me. That is a 10-8 round. And... yeah. You know, the, the, Jan didn't have any ten eight 8 rounds, you know, with the takedowns and stuff like that. They weren't 10 8 rounds. But I could have made an argument that Jan won four out of the five, five rounds 10 9. Um, what did you give him? Um, it was tough. I obviously won the last two, didn't he? Um, yeah. And I think I give... I'm trying to think, no. And I, I definitely, was it Was it two or three, which was up for debate in terms of Izzy? Um Three, 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 I think, would have
0: been up for debate. I I scored the first.
1: Two, Jan, three, Izzy, and then last two. I think it was, I can't remember if it was the first round, maybe. I I can't remember. But I think there was a case there that, you know, it wasn't sort of a close fight. But it wasn't 10-8 rounds. I agree with Dana there. It was absolutely ridiculous. But, I mean, if you would have listened to the commentary, you would have thought Adesanya had had 10-8 rounds in that fight. It was absolutely, it was such a joke. Get us on it. Yeah, on, we should be commentators for the UFC
0: <laughs> but do, what do you think of um, is he talking about how he thinks that there should be open scoring mm. um, so like, the fighters should actually get to see what, what is actually going on that for me I think would be a detriment yeah. to the sport because I think you'll either get people who are going to sit on you know a lead um you know back in the day obviously gSP went for unanimous mm. decisions and um, you know y- you might get people who'll just spray and pray or you know wrestle fuck somebody <laughs> um on the fifth round because they can because they're, yeah. they're so high up um so you know i i don 't know if if that is the right thing to do. I actually think and Joe Rogan has Spoke about this time and time again. I think you need more than three uh, judges um, looking at it, and I think they they don't need to be in the crowd. Well, I know there's no crowds, but I don't think they need to yeah. be in the arena. I think they should be outside watching it with no commentary either. Yeah, I wouldn't
1: mind that. I think it's a tough. One. I think obviously you're open. I, I agree with the fact that with the open scoring, I think you're opening up a bit of a wormhole there. Um, I think a bit a little bit like VAR with the fussy at the moment. Um, I mean it's got its pros but also it there's obviously yeah. a lot of massive cons with it. And I think if you start with the open scoring it's it is gonna be you know what happens if some one judge, you know, is having an absolute stinker and is scoring it ridiculously the wrong way. Like what 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 does someone yeah. do then that could play into a fighter's mind? But also I think at the same time as well, a fighter should be know how the fight's going unless they're completely deluded or the corner's rubbish. Um you know how a fight's going when it's in it. And I think, um, yeah, open score, and I, I I don't agree with it to be honest. But with with the five judges, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree. But I think it, it's too hard because then it, it it ruins the argument of say. I mean, at the end of the day, me and you are, like we we I, I'd say we're more than obviously casual MMA fans, and you're definitely a hardcore mm. MMA fan. Um, but you know, that just opens the judges up to be being armchair. Fans, then I suppose, doesn't it? who were just sitting there yeah. saying, duh, duh, duh. yeah. So, I uh, I don't know. I'd say more judges, definitely, but being out of the arena and commentary and so on, I, I don't.
0: Uh, that's a tough one. I don't know. Um, so look, like, let's talk about the cool main event. I mean, <laughs> like. Yeah, you know, I did pick and uh, Megan Anderson. Probably you, you taking it, uh, a leaf out of your book, to be fair, and trying to go for a um. A, a, you well, know, I'm the, pissed the off I didn't go for Jan now, because I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what else you can say about Amanda Nunez. I mean, like, I genuinely, I did go for the hipster, but I, I knew it was inevitable. Um, I, I, mm. she's phenomenal. I mean, she, like you said, you said it best, right? She's already, she's, she's come from early on in her career. She's had some bad losses, but her game has evolved. She's arguably the hardest-hitting woman of all time in MMA. Um, she's beat a who's who. Um, I did think Anderson's um, reach um, and style would cause her problems, but Amanda Nunes now... Feels like she's almost fallen into um, late eighties Mike Tyson esque <laughs> status with her. They're beaten before they even arrive. Megan looked as though she was a rabbit in the headlights, and that first um, shot, that first jab that she took, was like Ronda. It was like uh, when when obviously Manda yeah. knocked out Ronda, it just was like, oh, I'm I'm in I'm in the league now. This is this is it. Um, and she just failed. I mean, like, unfortunately for her, you know, Amanda is just on another level. She's better than everybody. Um, And I don't know what's next. I keep saying I love seeing her fight. I don't want her to retire. But and I loved how she said in the press conference afterwards, she just likes fighting. She just loves it. But Who is left for her? Juliana Pena is obviously (laughs) piped up because her fight with Holly Holm has dropped out now. But I don't know anybody else that that is capable of beating Amanda. Um, The Shevchenko fight for me for the third time, the second one was obviously up in the air as to who you felt won. Um, It was a very strategical fight, actually, last time around. Um, But if it's not that, then... (sighs) I don't know if I want to see her absolutely dominate Juliana Peña and um, and keep doing this because look my worry in all of this is she has cemented her legacy you know five fights previously the minute she knocked out yeah. Cyborg as I've said time and time again that was mm. it it was done right she had nothing she had nothing left to prove but she's managed to time and time again after that still look like a million dollars um but my worry is she continues just going through, you know, whoever is a contender at 135, and we get to a stage she becomes Anderson Silva-esque in, in her in in terms of her stature, and then gets beat by somebody who you know maybe two years ago, three years ago wouldn't have beat her. And again, with the greatest of respects to um with um mm. Chris Wideman um and the whole Anderson Silva thing. I was at that fight and I predicted that Anderson Silva would finally succumb to Chris Weidman because of his wrestling game. But two years ago, two years previous before that fight, Anderson Silva would have absolutely made him look stupid. And yes, obviously there was a bit Mm. of kidology there and how he got knocked out. But I worry that Amanda just goes on autopilot and it takes somebody like, again, with the greatest respects to Juliana Pena... Um, she ends up beating her somehow, um, and then her legacy is tarnished because she's kept on going. And I don't want to see
1: yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Amanda Ninas look phenomenal. Let's be honest. And you were in saying that yeah. Megan Anderson looked like a deer in headlights, didn't she? And I was surprised by that because I thought mm. that the weigh-ins and things like that, once you saw the size discrepancy, I thought that was going to give her a little bit of confidence um, going into the fight. Uh, you know, she could potentially try and, you know, make a mark and use a range type of thing to impose herself on Amanda. But I mean, Amanda took absolutely no prisoners. I mean, what was it Showtime or C B S that robbed yeah. my mind from the last podcast about um you know, the two three things are certain death, taxes and Amanda Nunes. It was Luke Thomas. It was Luke Thomas from so yeah, nice yeah. one for listening, Luke. Um but <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, she was just phenomenal, honestly. She... Yeah, you touched on it there—the legacy that she's going to create. It probably is only going to take him, you know, a lapse moment in concentration. But the way she looks every time she gets in, I can't see that happening. She's an absolute monster, and her eyes on the eyes on the eyes yeah. every single time. And I know you mentioned Juliana Vega or Juliana Vega or Julia Pena. Pena? Oh, do you know? Oh Pena. my God, Juliana Vega is a big yeah. beauty Latina porn star, isn't she? I, I shouldn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there <laughs> we go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not editing that out, by the way. As I'm single in <laughs> lockdown, you know. um, but no, I, yeah,
1: Juliana Penya. Um, I mean, I, I like that fight in terms of at least she's piping off a lot of people. I'm surprised aren't running through the hills after that performance in the weekend by Amanda. But let her keep fighting yeah. these people if people want to call her out. I think she definitely needs a quick turnaround after last weekend. Um, I'm still thinking of Juliana Vega regular. Um, <laughs> she, needs, she needs a quick turn around um, because she didn't even break a sweat at the weekend. But um, yeah, she needs to just keep it going. She, she's phenomenal, and I want to appreciate her as much as I possibly can um, by you know by the time before she retires. So keep getting her out there and keep that her do her thing. What do you think about the third Shevchenko I like right? it because I think they've been. Good fights so far. I mean, obviously, not sort of the particularly the second one, you know, not the type of fight that we're, you know, thinking, oh, this is going to be super entertainment in terms of, you know, knockout submission, things like that. But um, I think um, Shevchenko's the closest person we've seen, you know, since Amanda's been on this run, since she came back from the losses and things like that. Yeah. And um, that, you know, has given her problems and made Amanda prob- really, really think during the fights and how she's going to approach it and really come into it with a solid game plan so I mean I love Shevchenko she's an absolute killer um, do I think she beats Amanda Nunes? No but I think she gives Amanda Nunes the best fighter out of you know any woman in the world at the moment
0: mm. Okay so I'm, I was preparing for this one <laughs> but let's talk about the Jan Sterling <laughs> debacle I give you the mic Honestly sir. right
1: Just, how could you look at yourself in the mirror with that belt (laughs) on your shoulder and go, I'm the champ? You know what I mean? And do you know what? I think I would rather he have done a bit of a WWE heel turn after getting that fight and been like, yeah, fuck this, (laughs) I'm the champ, you know what I mean? I would have rather him gone full, you know, nineteen ninety eight The Rock or something like that. <laughs> um but instead, you know, he was pretending, Oh, I'm not gonna accept the title. <laughs> There's pictures of him getting pissed with his mates with the title on his arm. No, no. Like at two I know. hours after the I fight, know. I thought, listen, uh, don't get me wrong, right, uh playing devil's advocate here to Aljo, he you know, he would have been affected by that knee regardless if the fight would have carried on. Right, um whether he was as bad, you know, I saw him have a little look up and pretend to fall over at one point, which is hilarious, but uh, he would have been affected by the knee, so there's no denying that. However, Peter Yam was convincingly winning that fight, convincingly winning it, and so yeah. it's not mm-hmm. as if you know he looked at that and thought, "Shit, I can win this is, my, this is my chance of actually beating Peter Yan, and it was just such a coward's way of doing it. Like, if they fought tomorrow, Peter Iannan would absolutely kill him, okay? He was, it, it was just, it was just so disappointing, do you know what I mean? And I don't know if it's too late for Oscar nominations yeah. or Aljamain Sterling, round of applause, buddy, because that was one of the best performances I've
0: ever seen. Um, So, look, what I would say, right, is the knee looked as though it, it definitely did a whole sort of concussive element to it. Um, however, I don't agree. Then um, interviewing him afterwards, mm-hmm. I hate that. Like genuinely. Um, so from that side, you know, he took a he took a terrible knee to the face. Yeah. So regardless of what you say about the 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 outcome, etc. cetera, yeah, yeah. Jan was wrong. Um, it was the heat of the moment. It's muscle memory, whatever you know, twitch fiber, anything like that. Right. Whether his camp mm-hmm. told him to do that or not. Right. There was. It looked as though, from an outsider's perspective, there was a little bit of malice there. Jan was winning that fight. Um, I thought early on, um, Aljo um, you know, emptied the tank too much, um, and if he'd paced himself a little bit more. Um, it would have been interested to see what the fourth and fifth round would have looked like. Um, because I think he towards the second end of the second round, he started to gas because he'd just gone for it straight away. And Jan is the type of person whose cardio seems to get better. It's almost like yeah. a little bit of Kane Velasquez about him. He seems to get better later on as the fight goes. But make no mistake, um, if that knee didn't happen, I still think Jan would have stopped him in the fifth round, he was getting onto it, Um, he was taking everything that Aljo had to offer and the crazy thing is Aljo had said throughout the week or throughout the build up for that matter that his wrestling and grappling was going to be the difference maker Jan Mm. scored more (laughs) takedowns, he scored six takedowns over Aljo, I don't know what Aljo can do differently in the rematch, except work on that um, you know, cardio and, and 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 again try and outpace him, but he's gonna to have to do that for five rounds. Now, um, I actually like the fact that this has the controversy that it does because that division needs a, a big marquee fight and it needs a fight to get people talking. And in the rematch, it's got that now, it's got the backstory, um, and you know, I, I think if we can get it in the summer, it could, you know, definitely be one of the flagpole main events um, for um, international fight week or, or or whenever. It deserves to get uh, a status as being a co-main cool event, or or you know, if they mm-hmm. want to, a, a main event um, for for one of yeah. the big pay-per-view events. Um, but to come back on the 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 incident and the aftermath. There's a meme that says it best uh, and it's a picture of Aljo essentially throwing the title down on the floor and then three hours later, him and his buddies are celebrating and he's wearing the title. Now, he's been on his own podcast and he said anybody who says um, he's an actor, um, you know, it's vicious and he doesn't deserve this tirade, look at the end of the day, stop wearing the belt, don't don't be doing it for a publicity stunt and certainly... Don't be taking photos of you and Henry Cejudo going up against each other and then posting on Twitter, this is the fight that we need to see. Jan deserves the rematch. They they both deserve it to each other to make that right, one way or the other. And you know, I'm so happy that Dana said afterwards that that fight, that rematch, will be immediately happening and as yeah, soon as Aldo healthy. I mean, um, I hope
1: Aldo um, recovers from his um, severe concussion so that the fight can get made in the summer. But um, I think that sadly as well, I mean, you said it best there in terms of Sterling. I haven't really got much more to say about him because I'd just be quite frankly embarrassed if I was him. But I think the biggest loser is Corey Sandhagen. And I you know you said about marquee fight yeah. and things like that. If Sandhagen versus Yam was built properly, I mean, it, you, that's a must-see fight for that division, do you know what I mean? Two absolute killers going at it. Um, and now Corey Sandhagen, I mean, he's on the shelf now, isn't he? Until I mean, in terms of fighting for the title anyway, I mean, until late what, late part of the year. So I think give him the winner of Dill Shaw yeah. versus Faber
0: and then... Well, actually, just on that, Sammy, I, I that I assumed that the thirteenth of March was going to be Faber Dillashaw. It turns out that that was a, a rumor that that wasn't wasn't true. So it's that fight isn't oh, it's actually got to, it's happening. it? Yeah, I, I think Dillashaw Sandhagen. There's a sto- There's a backstory there. I do think that that's what they should do. You know, it pains me to think that you know TJ Dillashaw could potentially beat Sandhagen and then get the the the, the title shot after mm. that. I hope that's not the case. But I, I, if I was Corey Sandhagen, I would be seeing how that plays out in terms of the main event, and I would be you know sticking around to to not fight at all until he gets the winner. But he pro he's a competitor at heart, and I think the Dillashaw fight—it's a big no, fight. you got to so the Benjamin there,
1: and I think you know uh, it's a money fight against TJ Dillashaw not that division. No matter what you think of him, he's he's a name. So I think Sandhagen, yeah. whilst he's a loser in terms of the title picture, it could have played so nicely in terms of his bank account, in terms of getting that fight against TJ Dillashaw. Maybe a couple of weeks before or after the rematch of Jan Sterling. Set to, I think he'll beat Dillashaw as well. So I think, um, at at the end of the year, Sandhagen fights for the title. I mean, probably against Peter Yan because I mean, if Aljamain, again, all the best in your recovery, mate. Hopefully, he will, um, you know, recover from that severe concussion soon. Um, but yeah, once all that's done, title fight Peter Yan, um, and Corey Sandhagen at the end of the year. I
0: think that's that's my prediction, anyway. Um, other uh, just you know news and noteworthy. It was a great event. Um, the first five fights were all sort of stoppages, knockouts. Um, but if we we go back to to the main uh, card itself, Islam Makachev with an mm. an excellent armbar um, choke against Drew Dolbar. Um, the the positioning of it was just phenomenal. That that guy must have the strongest squeeze and choke uh, going. Um, so you know, is he the heir apparent to Habib? I I still think there's question marks um, on him, to be honest with you. He called out Tony Ferguson. I'd like to see that fight, to be honest with you. I'd actually like to see him actually eventually play it back with RDA because that yeah. fight's been cancelled a couple of times. So yeah, uh, you know, I don't want him to you know get pitched in against the top five. Um, but if Habib doesn't come back, it definitely looks as though they're wanting him to be yeah, the darkest I mean, replacement. Great
1: against the, you know, albeit Drew but I think he, he he did look great. He did everything he had to do, and obviously the submission stoppage that he got was incredible. I don't know what they eat for breakfast over in Dagestan, yeah. but Jesus Christ, the strong motherfuckers, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sweeter bicks, um, I think. And I think, yeah. I, to be honest, <laughs> I actually saw today he, him and RDA had a bit of a back and forth on Twitter, didn't they? And I think RDA came back with, yeah, I'll fight you if yeah. Khabib fights me next. Um, After that, sorry. So, I mean, I, I'd be up for that. I'd like to see Islam step up his opponents a little bit. um, And... Look, if he there is flaws in his game, as you rightly pointed out, he's not as good as Khabib yet, maybe. But um yeah, step up his competition. Yeah. See him fight. I mean, he's never going to be the most exciting dude in the world to watch fight, especially as he fights better people. But I mean, he's doing everything he needs
0: to do at the moment. And then, like the opening card, I, I, I the opening fight rather on the card. I expected a bit of a banger, but. Rakic versus Santos. I think Rakic is probably putting himself in and around the the title picture now. And yeah. Santos, since coming back from the the horrific knee injuries that he sustained after fighting <laughs> your best mate John Jones, is he now a gatekeeper? He's 37. He doesn't look as though Joe Rogan actually pointed this out, and I agree. He doesn't look as though he's got the, the speed um and the power that he was able to distribute now and, and there's a lot to do that with the the leg injuries. Um so is he now become a, a perennial gatekeeper? Um, yeah, I think I mean, it's looking like that.
1: Rackets did what he had to do in that fight, didn't he? Let's be honest. Um and
0: yeah, yeah. Another board fight exactly. from him,
1: this by the way. Not, well, it's, it's like we just spoke about Khabib there, and I mean, I know we got a couple of finishes towards the end, but if you watch Khabib's UFC career, probably until he fought, don't even know what McGregor for and Poirier, I don't know, and um, he was like the Ally Quinter fight. I felt like put me head through a wall, but um, I, oh, <laughs> no, two days notice, no, like oh. exactly two days notice. Now Quinter went, went five rounds, him. and um, but anyway. But Anyway, 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 um, yeah, so I think Racket, he does really have to do to win. You're always going to get these fighters like that, aren't you? Um, well, I I actually don't mind. Listen, the Yan Glover fight's not going to be what for end of summer earliest, I reckon. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, six months of having Yan's on the shelf, Dominic
1: Reyes. Has he got a fight?
0: um, he was due to fight. Um, he, he had to pull out of. Um, I think he was actually. Well, I think due to I'd fight like Rakic, to see that fight in fair. the meantime.
1: Um, Rakic, you know, he's going to bore his way to a title shot, and A fair play to him. If you find a way to win, that you, you can't, you know, you can't really dispute that. And in terms of Thiago Santos, he didn't look the same. There's still, I mean, there's a lot of good fighters um, in that division so I think they still fights for him there. he could as you mentioned be a mm. gatekeeper but I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as that I think he'll looking at the top 10 I think he'll pick up wins against some of them he'll lose against some of them but it's very much all to play for in that division I think I, I, I like the setup of it I and mean, even my man yeah. Johnny Walker he could make a run for
0: the title Um, and then, look, the the main event of the prelims, Dominic Cruz um, manages to, you know, old line versus new line, dealt with Casey Kenny. And I think the most interesting thing towards the end of this was Dominic oh. Cruz's interview afterwards, where he essentially <laughs> called out Hans Molenkamp, who fights for Monster, one of the biggest sponsors for the UFC, a, literally a blue chip sponsor. And he's calling them out. I don't have any fucking idea what is going on there, what was said, what's been done, I, well, but apparently, I, mean, I, I want I've, to I've know more. Something
1: that's funny to watch here, and I think he expanded on it a little bit, didn't he, in terms of um, why he did it in his post-fight interview. Um, but, I mean, I, I have honestly, I was just as surprised as anyone else. Uh, I, I don't know... What Hans Molenkamp has possibly done to upset Dominic Cruz of all people, but I absolutely (laughs) I think it's hilarious to be honest with you. Fair play to Dominic Cruz, he had no one else to call out, really, did he? So, um, I think it's great.
0: Yeah, it's mad. It was it literally like, and I, I've never seen Joe Rogan look more awkward because clearly he had somebody in his ear going, get him off now. And then he started talking about, oh, we don't get involved in politics here. <laughs> was like, There's no politics. I want to fight this man in a charity event. Uh, madness! I love Dominic Cruz he is as bad tempered as they come and he is black and white as they come and you either love him or you hate him and that is good value for money and I'd love to know more about if that actually does come to fruition um, put other points of interest look as I said It was an entertaining early card um, to start with. Um, You know some of the the, some of the results here. Sean Brady getting um, an excellent uh, submission. Jake Matthews again easy to say now, but Sean Brady is a man to watch at welterweight. Um, He he could be a real contender. Kai Car Francis comeback was unbelievable. The guy face planted, and then Herb Herb thought to pick him back up. Like, what the Amazing fuck, Herb? Um, look, yeah. Kennedy um no, I'm gonna I'm gonna murder this surname, so I really apologize. <laughs> Nechenko Wuku against Carlos Ulberg, potential fight of the year candidate, a real back and forth affair. Um, and then my really, I think the saddest thing of the night was watching Joey mm. B. Uh, Joey B. Benavidez rather getting completely dismantled by Oscar Asker, Askarov, who for yeah, me well, is was the dark horse in that be, division now.
1: Was it the McGregor card? It was one of the cards in January because I remember doing a prediction, and this fight got pulled that day. Was, was he supposed to be fighting the dude that broke into Fight Island yeah. well, on his team too?
0: Uh, yeah, so yeah. the the guy who ended up um, <laughs> that <laughs> random guy brought potatoes into
1: the yeah that guy I'm not too sure, but I remember thinking, oh yeah, I did a little bit of research on him. Mm. He looks good. It was sad to see Joey B. He's like the nicest man in the sport with the fittest bird in the sport as well. But um, yeah, um, but I, yeah, <laughs> that Askar Askarov looks incredible, and I don't think many people are going to be
0: lining up to fight him a flyway. No. Oh um and and look, just another noteworthy point on friday uh Clarissa shields beat um as we 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 rightfully predicted beat Maria E. the in unanimous decision you know she is the female boxing goat um but she did come at the end and said that she could beat ninety eight percent of mm, easy um, male get. boxers out there mm-hmm. I don't want to get involved in that to be honest with you um however. Uh, she's now going to obviously, you know, fully go and commit to MMA and the PFL. Um again, you know, she's in similar sort of territory as Nunes. Who else does she go out there? She said she would need to be paid a massive amount of money to lose her butt <laughs> to fight Katie Taylor. Um, so I would like to see that fight, but I don't think, I think Clarissa Shields is too big for to get down yeah, to I to, think to Kate to that fight we have yeah. have a
1: chance of happening to be at one four seven, wouldn't it? And I think what for us Arcade's Taylor's too small for one four seven yeah. and Quirus's shields are too big, so it's not a good combination. Um so look I, just get I, there's always gonna be a clamour for that fight, but just keep them apart and let's appreciate them while we can. Um I think there's a lot of great fighters. I mean, the yeah. Savannah Marshall, Clarissa Shields fight is one that should be getting built. That's that I think for for Katie yes. Taylor. not, not for Katie Taylor, but fuck, fuck, fuck the idea of that fight. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm <laughs> stinker tonight, do not I? Um, and but I think yeah, the Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall fight's want to make. Let um Katie keep doing a thing. Who, who is it that the fight keeps falling through with? And um it's isn's it not absolutely Katie the one she was it, supposed to was it. Is it Zorano or S- Serrano maybe i don't know, um, but she supposed fight someone last summer wasn't she, and it got cancelled and then she had the rematch with withsu instead um what's her name right it's so annoying um and yeah I, I think maybe she's got plenty of people to focus on like honestly. Katie Taylor, and uh, it's just incredible. And Chrissy Shields, fair play to so she did amazing on Friday, and she yeah clearly looks like the growth. Well, but I'm looking forward to seeing her in the PFL next.
0: Yes, yes, and and like this Saturday, we've got uh, Leon Edwards finally fighting after nearly a two-year absence. Um, Stet and Bella. Um uh Mohamed is stepping up. Um, you know, both guys have got an 18 and three record. This'll be a big step up for Mohamed Um, but you know, it'll be interesting to see how Edwards actually looks. Um and you know, his call out at the end, what's he gonna go for? Is he gonna shoot for the stars and gonna try and get involved in that Usman tussle? Or is he gonna try and call out Colby or Jorge? Who knows? Um, it's, it's a decent card. It, it, it is more of a sort of hardcore um, card, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm interested to see yeah, how Edwards I mean, looks like after being on win the shelf. fair play
1: to Bilal Mohammed for taking it. I know he only fought a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Or a few weeks ago now. And he looked good in fairness in his fight, so um, you yeah. can't complain with that. I think Edwards will win. Um, you know, I think he's still going to run into the same issue is that no one wants to fight him still. Unless he looks really, really good against Paloma, Howard and makes a bit of a statement. Um, he's not really much of a draw, and you know, Colby Covington. I mean, who knows? He, he sort of wants to fight sometimes, then he doesn't. I don't think he's got much interest in a Leon Edwards fight. Um, yeah. So I, honestly, I, I don't. I still don't know who he would fight after this anyway. So I think he's probably going to find himself in quite a frustrating position again. But we'll see
0: and finally we've got a quite a decent uh, night of boxing on Saturday night on um the zone mm-hmm. we've got um Roman Gonzalez Chocolatito you know one, a, a true pound for pound great against Juan Estrada for the WBA and WBC super flyweight titles and we've got my man David Benavidez in against Ronald Ellis hopefully uh, next stop for him is um, Caleb Plant or even maybe Charlo, who he's interested in facing. But as I've said time and time again, I'd love to see David Benavidez get involved in the sweepstakes for Canelo. But yeah, I think it's going to be nice to see Benavidez shape off him. a few cobwebs, isn't it? Um, I saw
1: today that he's already made the weight. Um, yep. just to shut a few people up um, so fair play yeah. to him and honestly <laughs> if you do one thing this weekend to anyone yeah. who's listening watch the Roman Gonzalez um, and Daniel Estrada fight um, because it's honestly I mean whoever wins that top pound, top five pound for pound I reckon um, so it's going to be incredible I think mm-hmm. and you know just, just watch it be entertained it's the best fight that's happening this weekend sorry Juan Estrada not Daniel Estrada that's that's another guy, and um, yeah, watch the fight between them two. Honestly, I'm so looking forward to it, and it's definitely the best thing on this weekend.
0: Um, so that's that's all we've got time for, guys. Now you might be saying to yourself, "Well, please, it's only really <laughs> about forty five minutes into the pod." Why have we got such a short pod? I'll tell you. doing back the <laughs> curtain here guys because that's why I do. I break the fourth wall. Sammy needs to go and watch Liverpool play in round of the quarterfinals of the Champions League um, because his team is still chasing glory, whereas my team last Sunday won the league title in Scotland. Rangers are back on the map thanks to Stevie <laughs> G. Um, so I bid you farewell, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Sammy, it's been a pleasure as always. And maybe, 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 maybe next week we can actually have hey, mate, listen, a, some an episode people like to show that goes longer more, than that.
1: Honestly, yeah. Let's not put it in on love a Liverpool game. But thanks <laughs> so much, brother. It's been, it's been a pleasure as always. Man. And thanks so much for listening. All right, cheers. Bye. Loved it. Bye.
0: Nice one. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another brilliant episode.